Hi, you're listening to Yellow Glitter, a podcast on mindfulness through the eyes and soul of a gay Asian. I'm your host, Stephen Wakabayashi, and you're listening to a very special episode for this month of February on love, queer Asian love. I'm joined on this episode with Anch. Hi, Anch. Hello, how's it going? Good, good. Anch is a non-binary, first-generation Taiwanese-American, the creative force behind the Anch brand, previously known as Anch Movement, designing wearable art for a discerning VIP client list that includes Kate Moss, Kim Kardashian, and Nicki Minaj. Subsequently launched a long-term relationship with cult fave Hello Kitty, which culminated in recent role as a designer for the brand's second collection at Forever 21, the Hello Kitty Forever Jewelry Collection. The trendsetter whose work was even featured in a biotechnology textbook and Italian Vogue has also made headlines for more daring and unique designs from Meat Lace Meat Necklace, which was featured by the New York Post, LA Times, Huffington Post, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and In Touch. Summer 2016, Anch was selected by LA Pride as featured artist to collect public art for the main Instagrammable moment. Spring, summer 2019, six pieces of Anch designs are on display at the Metropolitan Museum of Art here in New York City for the exhibit Camp Notes on Fashion. Wow. That was pretty amazing intro. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited to be part of this. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to have you. We have been talking for quite some time. And yeah. I've been getting to know you a little bit more. I'm just so excited to just talk about some of these topics in Asian and queer Asian issues with you. Awesome. I'm ready. Yeah. And so my first question is, how did you get to designing jewelry? How did you get to where you are? I think sometimes your passion and your career finds you. So as a fine art artist, I've always thought that I was just making art that I could wear and people could wear. I never knew that it was part of fashion. I never knew it was jewelry. So one day when I walked into a store named Cake Jewelry in West Hollywood, um, the owner said, oh my gosh, Anj, what is that around your neck? And she loved it so much, she ordered a whole collection and said, I would love it to be in the store. And I think that was when the collection started. So that was 16 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you've gotten your stuff on everywhere. Nicki Minaj, Cher Lloyd, Kate Moss, Kim Kardashian. How did that happen? I think being able to create something unique and loud and and one of a kind really grabbed attention for celebrities and celebrity stylists. So I've created quite a name for myself when a stylist is looking for something really, I guess, a hot topic for their celebrity clients, they will reach out to me. And that's how a lot of times I'm able to get my jewelry on different clients. But I've also been so lucky that being in Hollywood, I'm, I'm mm. surrounded by all these wonderful Hollywood creatures <laughs> and have been able to make friends with a lot of them. So after befriending them, they would like to support my art. And, you know, it happens very organically. Mm. Yeah. And I love how some of your work features a little bit of politics into it. And I remember I saw a piece that you had that was around the Trump, Trump hands. 
And I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on just integrating politics, integrating social issues within your designs that you do? So I think as an artist, I'm inspired by everything from food to, you know, things that happen in the news. I, I don't necessarily try to make any political statement, but being inspired by what I see is what my collections end up to come out to be. I always want to make sure that what I create has a positive message behind it. So the Small Hands Collection um, was interpreted to be, you know, um, something completely different. But I think that it also the beauty of art is that you're able to interpret it however you want. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't include it in your intro, but... You have a big, long history with reality television, right? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> and back in the day, you were really one of the very few Gaijins in media when everyone else were straight, white women and men. What was, what was that like, representing being Gaijin in media when there wasn't any Gaijins at all, especially in reality television? I think it was a very interesting experience for me, and I feel very grateful that I was so beloved by everyone that has been watching and growing up with me. Um, the show that I was featured on was called Paris Hilton's My New Best Friend on MTV, and I was a contestant fighting for Paris Hilton's love and friendship on <laughs> season one. And yeah. as a fan viewer's favorite, I was invited back in season two to co-host a mm. show with Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to showcase, you know, my, my, my character and, and my personality in, in such a flamboyant, colorful way and not be portrayed as a crazy person. Because I think we all know that for reality television, editing is so important. And the, in the edit room, they could easily make me come across as somebody that is a lunatic, but they didn't. I, I, I came across as a very loving, caring, energetic, loud, obnoxious, <laughs> powerful unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that was 11 or 12 years ago that they were bold enough to feature me on a show that is so, you know, had, that had such huge viewership. And I think... From then onwards, we've seen a lot more characters, and um, such as myself, that's featured on mainstream media. And I am so proud of that. Until this day, I still get messages from you know, our LGBTQIA community telling me how much I've inspired them to truly be who they are and, and um, either transition to who they really you know, um, feel like they are as a person or out of the closet in, in a very bold and, and colorful way, which I think that is such a special message and something that I never knew that I was doing. But 12 years later, I realized that being on the show and being true to myself mm. was very important. Yeah, yeah. And when you take a look at how you were on TV, because I know you as you are now, which is very, you know, it's, it's similar, but it's not similar to who you were on TV. And I'm just curious, do you ever go back and watch 
episodes that you used to be on and what are your perspectives on just uh just looking at yourself and maybe seeing how you've evolved you know i sometimes definitely do look back at those days and just smile and laugh at it when i laugh at it it, it comes from a place of adoration and think wow i was really bold to put myself out there and allow the world to judge me after 12 years we all grow and evolve and there like it, there's no way that we could stay the same person and even dress the same way after 12 years because i think anybody that has no growth in 12 years there's something really wrong with that said i wouldn't change it for any other opportunity like if i was given another chance to showcase myself again i think i would do it in a split second mm-hmm. yeah and kind of going back in time a little bit you are a first generation taiwanese american right Mm-hmm. So you had immigrated here yourself. That is correct. Yeah. So when did that happen and how was that like? So I moved to LA to go to school when I was 19. It was such an exciting experience because coming straight out of Asia, I was at a place where I could be anybody at anything and wear anything, not have any judgment placed upon me. And especially when we're in America, the land of the free. And it was just, it was literally like letting a zoo animal out of a cage. (laughs) I was having a blast. I really enjoyed it. It was, I, I never experienced any racism, nor did I feel out of place. I immediately felt like LA and America was my home. And it was a very pleasant experience. And I know that it's the same story doesn't really happen on everyone. And I, I wish that it did, though, because I really had a good time. Yeah. And when was your coming out? Was it when you had moved here to L.A.? I think I've always been true to myself. So I don't think there was any moment of me coming out to say that I was um, non-binary. It was just a understanding that I was different and I didn't operate the same way. And I've always been whoever I wanted to be at the moment. It could easily change within the next 24 hours. But I think that that is the beauty of us as human beings. We could be whatever we want and, and we shouldn't be judged for that. So that takes us to the meat of our conversation, love. And I wanted to get from your perspective, how has it been navigating love and relationships in America here as being queer, being non-binary, but also being Asian? Well, first of all, I I think everybody knows I'm filled with love and I love to just spread that message. It's been a very interesting journey to find companionship. Um, I feel like as an Asian American, a lot of times our our race is turned into a fetish. Yeah. And I think that when a relationship is based on a fetish and, and, and that's how it starts, it's never something that's lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel sad that 
this happens, but I also know that it's not just on me. This happens literally to most of my Asian American friends. And um, I think right now, hopefully it, it will get better just because mainstream media has really been showcasing a lot of talented Asians and it's it hopefully soon enough it will no longer be a fetish it would just be or just like everyone else yeah and a lot of people too on the dating apps they will say in the bio right you haven't even contacted them you click their profile you look at the bio and people will say stuff like no fats no femmes no asians and they will say you know what that's just my preference, that it's okay to have a preference. And I'm curious from your perspective, is it okay to have this as a preference? I think when you are mentioning no fats, no femmes, no Asians, no blacks, no anything, that is racism and that's sexism. And that is not some, that's not a vibration we should be living on right now. I feel like it's those people need to be educated with what they're saying preferences are preferences racism is racism mm -hmm. and preferences is when you say i don't like long sleeve shirts it's yeah. not to say that i don't like asians yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and one thing i also did realize is that due to the the way media has portrayed asian men in general as being submissive um weak feminine um nerdy i feel like a lot of people that are attracted to asians uh will expect that from you and sometimes when they when, when you when you present yourself as being powerful and and um not feminine and not submissive they will in turn question you and ask you, wait, why are you acting this way? Which I think is so bizarre. Mm. You're, you're kind of just breaking the stereotypes that they're so accustomed to, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the shock is more so you're not aligning with what they had thought. And some people get very almost offended by it, that you're not fitting into what they perceive how you should be acting. But is it strange to me that some people truly believe that one race should act a certain way? Mm -hmm. That is, that's so crazy to me. That is, yeah. I feel like that is lack of education. Yes. Yeah. And it goes to the flip side too. So we're talking about right now people who uh, exclude certain races, but even the people who have a overly inclusiveness about who they date which is just asian people so the rice queens right they have also a perception of how asian people should act you ask them well why are you so into asians and they'll say things like well i really like to have a polite boyfriend uh, you know well-mannered nurture whatever and you're like but those attributes they're not necessarily because you're asian Right. I think it's obviously the way that we were brought up that will morph us into who we are today and our mannerism and the way we take on life. And I just wish that the more we speak up about this issue, the more understanding there is of our race and our culture that we're all different. We are 
all uniquely our own and there is no specific way we should be acting. We should be looking because, you know, just like any other race, we're all so special. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, so we talked a little bit about these rice queens, racial fetishism. Have you faced it personally? I absolutely think that I have, but do I proceed once I've realized that's the case? No, because I feel like I know better. And I know that when you start a relationship mm -hmm. from some, because based on somebody's race and fetish, it's never going to last long. And that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a long lasting relationship that, you know, we could grow old together and, and build memories. And that is not where I want to start. Yeah. It's uh, figuring out what your priorities are, right? Putting in order and ranking. Yep. These priorities. And at the end of the day, what should be top, you would imagine, would be how do they treat me? You know, how are they taking care of me? How do they treat me? How do they treat my family, my friends? And for some people, they put race above this. And then in that, they start excusing all these different behaviors because of a race. And I think for all of us, myself included, I think we can take a deep, deep look at what we find attractive and reflect on whether or not those things that we're attracted to that we have a preference to are really important as a part of cultivating a meaningful relationship. I agree. And I agree we can all do better. And I know that once we are educated and we know about this incident happening over and over again, we will do better because once we learn and, and are in the know, we will evolve and change. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on dating apps, have you used them? Uh, what are your thoughts? What did you get out of them? I think dating apps is absolutely the new way, or you know, or actually, you know what? Let me take that back. I think dating apps is for the new generation to find love, and I think we all have to kind of evolve with it and grow to accept it. Do I think that it is? the best way to connect with another human being? Absolutely not. But I do know that there are some better apps and some that are more toxic than others. They all have different flavors and some are a little bit much, you know? And I feel, I feel like whatever dating app you end up using, just make sure and be aware of all the danger that's out there and, and protect yourself before you act upon any any spur of a moment decisions. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spontaneous. That's the word, right? There we go. Yeah, it's uh, figuring out what those two a.m. calls are, right? Those two a.m. messages, and figuring out what you are actually going to get out of it, and knowing that not everyone has your best interests in mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even looking at the dating apps too, they all can be doing a much better job of just being more inclusive. For me personally, yes, for me personally, I think even the filter for race, as much as you can argue for how good it is, 
the fact that you can use it for bad and for excluding race, I think that definitely outweighs the good that it provides. And Absolutely. Yes. And I think these apps can definitely start taking a lesson and start removing some of these features to figure out, you know, ultimately, like, what do, what do you want people to find, right? Yeah. Do you want people to find someone based on dick size? And is that really going to make someone happy? Or their height, right down to the centimeter? And is that going to make someone happy? Or is it matching people based on the qualities or how they are treated from someone else? And I don't really see... I mean, some dating apps are trying to do it now, but it seems like all of the gay dating apps that have been around for five, six, seven plus years, they're still operating this antiquated notion that we can find our soulmate based on physical characteristics. And I, I do understand that as humans and as men, we are very um, visual, but when it comes down to a real connection that's nothing to do with that yeah and it's uh it's really interesting when we start challenging these things and when we start challenging what we are attracted to all of these things break and you know at least for myself i've been doing a lot more exploration in terms of what i'm attracted to and who I want to be with. And all of a sudden, it seems like all, like everything that I had thought so much about were important characteristics of a partner, like seven, eight, nine, ten pack abs and all that, you know, it just... Wow, there are ten packs? Ten pack abs. <laughs> yeah. Steven, that is a freak of nature. <laughs> I, you look at Instagram, I'm just like, What? How, I feel like I'm on Instagram and every single time I look at another body, I'm like, how did you get that? <laughs> but I also think that it's very important to discuss how even though Instagram is not a dating app, it is an app that is unrealistic, yes. an app that really is toxic to our community because of all the, you know, the specific body type that is being showcased on there. I wish that there were more people out there that would be bold enough and brave enough to showcase themselves and be proud of themselves and their body size and their body shapes and their body types. Um, with that said, I, I, I know that there's a certain type that people gravitate towards, but if that's all we're seeing, I can't imagine what the next generation is going to have to do to live up to those mm. expectations yeah and we don't take into consideration too that a lot of these photos if not most of them from influencers are all photoshopped they're not real mm -hmm. they're overly Absolutely. color corrected edited adjusted liquefied and 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 some and some influencers i've seen they put the before and afters in their stories like this is totally normal and, I think technology yeah. is great, but I think technology, when it's so easily accessible, is also very damaging. And I think that especially when it comes to body positivity and the way we look, we need to do better. We all, we all can do better. Yeah, yeah. 
And also, we can do better in the body positivity category than just saying we're being body positive by posing naked. I think body positivity is accepting all other shapes, sizes, colors. And when it's just all a picture of you, shirtless, naked, all over your Instagram, it isn't really body positivity, more so just of yourself. Soft porn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just soft core porn. Yes, That's it. I know. I know. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, I, I always challenge these influencers. I say, if you really want to stand for body positivity, what are you also doing that embraces bodies that don't look like you? You know? Right. I agree. Yeah. How do you invite other perspectives onto your channel, your platform, if that is what you ultimately are championing? And I think one thing that I do love about your Instagram feed is yeah. you have this thing called is it Whatever Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Who cares Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, who, who cares Wednesday? And I think that is so special because all the content we, we see on social media is so curated. And when you have Who Cares Wednesdays, it basically shows a snippet of your life that is so raw. And mm -hmm. it, it helps anyone to, that is viewing it to realize that we're all human. And we're no better than anyone else. And we're all going through the same issues, same, same sadness, same happiness, same, same, same struggle. So I really enjoy that you do something like this because I feel like it's very important. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just, uh, I wish we could post more of that, you know, just more reality, more real life less filter and just even like uh, it's almost like a nod back to what social media used to be remember when you would post right. like i am doing insert mundane task here you know <laughs> and now it's become one-upping each other over how many years not even like a decade it's just like in the past few years we've turned into posting our pictures of our salad to you know, eating the most decadent salad on top of Eiffel Tower in this background. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I, I want the, the old salad pics to come back. <laughs> Steven, I think that one thing that I did realize is once there is money involved and people can make money from their posts, they have really changed the way the content is being produced. You're right. You're Once right. it's become lucrative, they realize that they need to make it look even better and even more surreal and 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 more delicious and more sexy, so that they could get more likes and and clicks and and just overall more interactions. Yeah, yeah, that that is a really interesting point, and. I think when it was the first wave of influencers, they definitely took that up a notch, you know. Absolutely. And got the better pictures, right? The pictures they were taking were all taken off of SLR camera that they were uploading on Instagram. Right. <laughs> it wasn't off of any iPhone or any phone mobile device anymore. And people were like, oh, this is beautiful. And of course I'm going to like it. It's on Instagram. But behind the scenes, you didn't realize that you know, that picture wasn't even organically created. It was it's all... It's a full-on photo shoot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. With a food stylist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Food stylist, food colorist, everything. 
the food wasn't even edible. <laughs> <laughs> might be very true. <laughs> yeah, it's just I think you know I I don't know actually. Uh, what what are your thoughts? Where do we go from here? You know, it's I, I think it's it's very tough for everyone to change now, especially when we're so accustomed to that look and that specific vibe. I just wish that we could all do our part to do better. And I think telling people not to Photoshop and and, and, and plan a, a full-on photo shoot for the Instagram post is probably almost impossible. But if we all do our part to have a whatever Wednesday, you know, I think that that is a baby step that we could have to to move towards a direction that is more positive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, so good. So just curious, if you could go back in time and give your younger self advice on love, relationships, what would you tell yourself? That's a very good question. Mm. I think I would, I would give myself more time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And instead of jumping into any relationships, because I feel like when we're young, we don't really think about basically any consequences. We just think about our physical attraction and with a heart filled with hope that it's going to work out. I think as I grow older, I realize that there are certain things that work and certain things that don't. And there's no way you can change another person to be your perfect companion. Mm-hmm. So I think just give a little bit more time for myself to evolve and grow and for the other person to evolve and grow. Maybe down the line, we will be the perfect match for each other. But, you know, you know how we are as kids. We always want to do what adults are doing, you know, and we, 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 we want to be an adult so badly. So I think my advice for anyone out there too is just to just to grow and 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 be happy with yourself first before you try to incorporate another person into your life because the worst thing to have in your life is to to have a companion that is not perfectly in sync with you Mm -hmm. oh that was amazing (laughs) and so i have Three rapid-fire questions for you as we wrap this up. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) let's do it. Okay, really simple questions. First one is, what do we need more of in love? I think we need more understanding in love. Mm. Because the more you understand a person, a culture, a race, I think you'll be able to love more and correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, very good. Next question. What do we need less of in love? I think we need less judgment mm-hmm. in love. Judgment will manifest into hate and something negative. And I don't think that's what love stands for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. And then last question is, what's inspiring you lately? My inspiration lately 
has been the people around me mm -hmm. and all the things that are happening to them and all the wonderful things that they're doing. Because I truly believe that, I don't know who said this, and I know there's a saying about it, where if you're surrounded by five millionaires as your friend, you'll be six. And I truly believe that. You surround yourself with like-minded people, and they are my biggest inspiration. And I have to say, I'm very inspired by you, Stephen, because oh, you. just following you on your social media, mm. having our one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. lunch parties, I have gotten to know such a wonderful creature that is ready to change the world. And I know it's not the most easiest task and you're putting yourself in a position for people to, to judge you and people to criticize you. But the Stephen that I know is so positive and has the right perspective of life that I just hope that and I wish you so much success because I know when that happens, yeah. our world will, will be a better place. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And I, I, I really enjoyed this chat with you. I hope that it inspires some people out there and hopefully also bring a little bit of knowledge. I know I'm not the smartest person in the world because I'm just <laughs> an artist, but maybe my perspective, no. you know, yeah. could shed some light on something different. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And it's always such a pleasure to talk to you too. And I, I love our little one-on-ones and we talk about all these issues too, you know, and I, our, our lunch dates yeah. get pretty deep. Huh? <laughs> they, get, they, get they get really deep. And they normally last more than three or four hours. That's like a, that's like a long car ride. <laughs> I know. We, and we hit on all the issues too. And it's mm -hmm. just, I think, these are the conversations that we all need to be more having more of. And I, I just, I'm just so grateful for people like you and a lot of my listeners too. Yeah. And they reach out and they just want to keep talking about these things. And so I'm just so grateful for all of us to be on this journey together. And I think, you know, that we are very grateful for you for doing this and, you know, being being the public image that people criticize, but also admire at the same mm. time. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much, Anch. It was an absolute joy to have you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Yellow Glitter on Love. And just curious, how can they, how can our listeners find you and reach out to you? Oh, so your listeners can find me on Instagram. It's at Onch, O-N-C-H. And if they would love, they could also follow me on Twitter, which is also at Onch. And um, check out my website, which is www.onch.us. And buy some jewelry. And buy some jewelry, yes. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. <laughs> Do it. I love the pieces. It's amazing. And just, thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you so much for everything you do and all the stuff that you create. And it's just such an inspiration to 
get to know you more and be in your presence. <laughs> I look forward to many more lunch dates yes. and talking about a lot more issues together. <laughs> so come back to LA soon. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, you can reach out to my Instagram at Stephen Wakabayashi. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating. It takes a few seconds. And if you have a few minutes, leave us a comment. It helps other people find this as well. And so with that, so much love for you. And hope your day can be a little bit more mindful. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>